What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Another day, another Tigers victory. We'll be spending a lot of this show, especially the first segment, talking about that. A great, great win last night, 5-1 to one, against the Chicago White Sox. But before I dive into that, I do want to say that there was some news that broke before yesterday's game that the Tigers doubleheader on Thursday against the St. Louis Cardinals has been canceled. Not a huge shocker. The Cardinals can't get COVID under control. They keep having positive case after positive case. It keeps flaring up every few days and because of that the Tigers will not be playing the Cardinals on Thursday you know you really do wonder especially with the way the MLB has been going over the last week with the Marlins getting it fixed and really no teams reporting COVID outbreaks you wonder if the Cardinals are going to have to get to a point where they're forfeiting baseball games because everyone else seems to have it under control and they're laboring behind A, a very strange story so unfortunately no Tigers games on Thursday, but there was a Tigers game yesterday, a 5-1 to win against the Chicago White Sox. I spoke in my post-game video, I spoke their praises, and I will continue to on here. I thought it was a remarkable, remarkable win for the Tigers. Really, like top to bottom, all around, offense, pitching, defense, everything was clicking, and I said this and I'll say it again, if you were someone who after 2017 or 2016 said, I'm done with the Tigers, I don't want to watch them again, uh, the management is terrible, ownership is terrible, and you just went away and not only not watched the Tigers, but didn't watch Major League Baseball for a few years, if you came back yesterday and the first glimpse of the Tigers that you'd gotten in several seasons was yesterday's game, you would come away from it saying, wow, this is this is a pretty good team. they got some good young hitters. they play solid defense, they they have some good pitching, a solid bullpen, this is this is not a bad team. Now, is it sustainable? Who knows, but I'm having a lot of fun with it right now, and I'll start with the fact that I thought Michael Fulmer was substantially better than he was in his first start. Now, that's not saying much, he was pretty pitiful his first time out, and in the first inning there, he was struggling. Three balls that were put in play were over 100 miles per hour in terms of exit velocity, he was really, really struggling. And it was it, it was tough to watch, but he adjusted. And what was weird is I think a lot of people pointed to in that first start the fact that velocity was down. He was peaking at 93. I mean, we've seen Michael Fulmer at his best peak at 100 here. So that was concerning. But I said, look, yeah, 93, that's, that's fairly disappointing, but not surprising. This is a guy with 93 and with his off-speed stuff has the ability to get out. I'm not worried about that. You can get guys out at the major league level at 93. What I was concerned about was command, was control, and consistent strike throwing. And that's something he wasn't doing in his first start. That's something he wasn't doing in the first inning yesterday. But I thought he bounced back and pitched two really good frames after that fastball peaked at around 95, 96. Look, it's going to take time for him to get the rust off, just in general. Even if he's going to come back at all and be really solid, it is going to take a little bit for him to, to wear off some of that rust. I mean, he hadn't pitched in two years, and one thing that I think needs to be addressed and readdressed, what he's attempting to do is remarkably difficult. Coming back from one Tommy John surgery is difficult enough, and I know that there's those people who say, like, well, some pitchers come back better. 
I disagree with that. Some pitchers, in terms of numbers, might end up being better, but in terms of pure stuff, no one comes back better from Tommy John. And a second Tommy John surgery, that's something that a lot of pitchers, even the guys who are in the best of shape, rarely can come back from. He's attempting to do something that's incredibly difficult, and so far, he's he's one and one. He had one really bad outing and one much more solid, effective one yesterday. One other thing that needs to be brought up as well is that Michael Fulmer mixed in a few curveballs yesterday. Now, Michael Fulmer, when he was in the minor leagues, I remember reading his minor league scouting report, and it said that he had a developing curveball, and yet when he got to Detroit, he never threw it. I think I saw him throw it maybe a handful of times in his first three years here. We saw him bring it out a bit yesterday, and I think it speaks to the fact that Michael Fulmer is fully aware, well, velocity was up yesterday, got up to 96. He's fully aware that his ability to simply pull back and blow guys away with, you know, upper 90s cheddar is severely diminished because of the injuries that he's had. And I think the idea of throwing a few wrinkles in there to try to refine his repertoire and get more outs that way is a, is a really positive sign. I appreciate the fact that he's aware of the injuries and, and, the, and the difficulty of coming back from an injury like that. And I think seeing him throw in a fourth pitch, kind of a get-me-over curveball, could really carry him a long way in his career. I'm happy to see him adjusting. And after that, Daniel Norris came in the game and pitched two scoreless frames, looked really solid. You know, Daniel Norris is such a mystery. There is an alternate universe out there in which Daniel Norris became a tremendous starting pitcher here in Detroit. I remember when he came off the injured list the first time in 2015, he pitched some really good baseball down the stretch. Stuff looked good. Fastball was peaking at around 95-96. I was like, you know what? They traded David Price for this guy. That might not be that bad a deal. This guy looks like he's got a bright future. And I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know if it was mechanics, inconsistency, or all of the above. But Daniel Norris became a watered-down version of what we thought he would be. But every so often, especially several times out of the pen, I remember he had an outing out of the pen in 2018, and he had another one yesterday where you watch him and you say, man, maybe he does have something left. Maybe, maybe there are these little moments of brilliance. You saw him make a remarkable defensive play. Athleticism has never been his issue, but he made a remarkable defensive play after CJ Crone uh, took a hard hit ground ball off the knee. He's being reevaluated now, no news on whether or not he'll be on the injured list going forward. He looks solid. All the pitchers look pretty solid. Cisneros struggled a little bit. Two hits, one earned run, but then Gregory Soto came in and bailed him out. It, it was a tremendous pitching performance, but it, even when it seemed like Fulmer looked good, even when Norris looked good, I worried about if they were going to be able to get runs across the board because I thought Dallas Keuchel for the first several innings looked phenomenal. And it seems like there's this stigma surrounding him that like after 2017, he fell off the earth. And look, he's not what he was in 2015 when he won a Cy Young, but this dude's still a major league pitcher. I mean, he's still a solid major league pitcher. And I thought yesterday for a minute there, it seemed like he turned back the clock, was throwing strikes consistently. Yeah, look, he's never thrown hard. Fastball and sinker was peaking at like 86. I think his issue was that his slider, which was really his strikeout pitch for a long time there in Houston and even in Atlanta the year that he was there, he had trouble getting it over. 
And I think guys were starting to sit on that changeup, and he left a few of them up. And the Tigers crushed him. Really good offensive performance. Some guys coming around. Look, maybe me eulogizing Jamer Candelaria was the best thing that has ever happened to him because it seems like he's turned turned it around. After starting the season 0 for 17, the batting average is up to 256, and the OPS is up to 771. A re- really remarkable stuff. A really remarkable turnaround on his part. And I and you know what? As hard as I was on him, maybe giving him consistent reps and not giving up on him was the best thing that could have ever happened to him and I give the Tigers credit for not giving up on him right now I was wrong I'm, I'm happy to admit that Jacoby Jones had an inside the park home run last night look Jacoby Jones has always had great speed and once that ball got past Adam Engel in center field you knew he was going to be coming around to score and that was pretty much the nail in the coffin that took it from three to one to five to one Brian Garcia would come in and shut it down there in the ninth all in all, just a, a phenomenal performance. Like, you can't ask, really, for anything better than what you got from them yesterday. It was a night where I thought they went up against a pitcher who, for the most part, had his best stuff. I won't say had his A game, but, you know, had his B, B-plus game. And last season, B, B-plus stuff would have been more than enough to shut down this offense. But when you have a lineup with guys who can hit for power, when you have a bottom of the order that's been producing the way the bottom of the order for this team has, and when you have a guy at the top and Nico Goodrum who had a four-hit night, it's going to be a recipe for success. One thing I did say at the beginning of the season, I've already been wrong with a lot of my predictions. I, I, I always am. Everyone always is. But one thing I did say is that I think it's undeniable that this offense, top to bottom, will be substantially better. Now, I added the caveat that they couldn't have gotten much worse, but I knew that they would be better. And thus far, they have. They're having a lot of fun. Like, And it's really cool after some serious misery here over the last several years to see this team playing with some actual confidence and some actual swagger. I'm giving myself 30 games. If by the 30-game mark they're still playing this well, I will absolutely be on board. I'm not quite there yet. We're only at the 14-game mark. But so far, they've kind of checked off all the boxes that you would want them to check off. Because at the beginning of the season, I think most people, myself definitely included, didn't think they would be particularly good. But we all just wanted to see genuine improvement by certain players, especially young guys. And so far, that's absolutely what we've seen. Some of these young relievers have been far better. John Schreiber looks really solid. He's been a genuine surprise. Gregory Soto, I've talked about him enough, but he's looked electric. Brian Garcia's come out of nowhere. You have Jacoby Jones hitting the ball really well. Jamer's starting to come around after an awful start. Victor Reyes has been okay. Like The wheels are turning here that even if this team does fall apart in the latter half of this season, I think there are a lot of people who are going to look at this season and say, you know what? Maybe it didn't turn out great, but there are steps being taken in the right direction. And it's very exciting to watch, and, I, and I'm really happy to see them off to this good start. I'm happy to see so many fans excited about Tigers baseball, especially with the fact we have no sports right now. It seems like people are really jumping on board, and it would be awesome to see them be able to sustain this success. I think it would be a wonderful story for Major League Baseball and an even more wonderful story for this fan base in the city of Detroit. So when I come back, I will preview tonight's matchup against the White Sox, the second game of a three-game series. We will be right back. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, 
regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code locked on MLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And we're back. Thank you very much for tuning in here on Tuesday, August 11th, listening in to Locked On Tigers, previewing tonight's pitching matchup, like I said last segment, the second game of a three-game set against the Chicago White Sox, a battle of two lefties for the White Sox. You have Gio Gonzalez, been in the league for a long time, making his fourth appearance for the White Sox so far in 2020. Also, his third start randomly pitched a game out of the bullpen for them early in the season, going up against another lefty in Tyler Alexander, a guy who's flourished out of the Tigers' bullpen so far this year after the struggles of Daniel Norris. They are moving him to the starting rotation, making his first start of 2020. I'll start with Gio Gonzalez. Had a very good career. Gio Gonzalez's career, 130 wins, 100 losses, 3-7-1 ERA. He's made a pair of all-star teams, finished in the top 10 in Cy Young voting twice, including as recently as 2017. He's off to a bad start so far this year, 0-1 with a 7-7-1 ERA. Last season in 19 games and 17 starts, posted a 3-5-0 ERA, but only a 3-2 record, which is, is fine, but that's a lot of no decisions in 19 games. So it kind of shows, I don't, I think, the Brewers with the, with the bullpen they had a year ago probably didn't have a lot of faith in Gio Gonzalez to go deep into games. You know, the numbers are bad so far this year, but Gio Gonzalez is a guy who's still capable of pitching uh, some, some really good baseball. You know, always been kind of a deceptive pitcher, a lot of strikeouts, a great 12-6 curveball that he likes to throw for his strikeout pitch. His issue his whole career, and it's really been what's prevented him kind of from ever being considered the ace of a staff, though he has had some wonderful seasons, finished third for the Cy Young in 2012, but he's always been a guy who walks a lot of people. Career 3.8 walks per nine innings, and he has a tendency to get behind in counts, and when that happens, he gives up a lot of hard contact. So I think the key for the Tigers on this evening will be to stay patient. This is a guy who really throughout his whole career has struggled with consistent strike throwing. He's got to try to find a way to regain that or else this Tigers offense, which is seeing the ball really well and seeing the ball with a lot of confidence, could tee off on him. In terms of Tyler Alexander, what's going to be interesting right away is how long of a leash they're going to have for him. This is a guy who has not started a game since last season. He's pitched three innings out of the pen so far this year, but last night you had Michael Fulmer starting. You knew it was essentially going to be a bullpen day. After that, you got some great work out of the bullpen, and Buck Farmer now on the injured list. I forgot to bring that up. You know, that bullpen does become a little bit thinner. Bo Burrows got the call up, and while, you know, some people still believe that Bo Burrows can be a solid pitcher, losing what is your eighth inning guy, your setup guy in Buck Farmer, does thin the bullpen 
a little bit. I think they're going to try to get five or six innings out of Tyler Alexander, and they're going to need to because they used Soto yesterday. He's pitched three out of the last four days. Cisneros pitched quite a bit. They're going to need to get some innings out of him, and this is why I... I struggled with the idea of having him pitch out of the rotation. For one, I think he was working incredibly well as a reliever. I don't like the idea of saying, oh, a guy's pitching great out of the pen. That means we got to move him to a starting role. I'm not a huge fan of that. And two, this is a guy who has not pitched deep into games at all his whole career. He had one seven-inning start early on last season. Besides that, he's been on a short leash pretty much his whole tenure here in Detroit. You're going to be relying on him to go five or six innings tonight. Hopefully, he'll be up to the task against a White Sox offense. That is really good. I know Jose Abreu injured himself a little bit last night, but that offense is deep, and even without him, you have Eloy Jimenez, you have Yoan Moncada, you have Luis Robert, who didn't play last night, and I completely forgot about the fact that Tim Anderson is still coming back from injury. That offense is going to be really scary here for the next several years, and you have a young lefty in Tyler Alexander who's going to try to make an attempt to shut them down tonight. Tigers will be searching for their 10th victory of the season, so that will do it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers, and while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. I I thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I'm happy to see so many people uh, getting excited about this very surprising start for the Tigers. Hopefully they can keep it going. So thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.